This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello. Fabulous to have you here. Thank you as ever for tuning in and welcome if this is your first time. How are things? Have you had a chance to listen to last week's episode with Amanda from Just One Tree yet? And if so, what did you think? Isn't she just amazing? And importantly, have you been in touch with your local schools yet to get them to sign up to Just One Tree Day in October? I've been in touch with one school and I'm just plucking up the courage to get in touch with the secondary school to see what they can say. So today is another short and hopefully sweet solo episode from me. I would love to hear your thoughts about these solo episodes. Are they helpful? Are they in any way interesting or would you just rather have more guests? Do let me know. Drop me an email on jen at sustainableish.co.uk or you can find me on social media where I'm at sustainableish and pretty much everywhere. <laughs> All over the place. Okay, so because obviously I have yet to receive any feedback on these solo episodes, I am ploughing on with this one today. And I am talking about the intention to action gap. I was recently invited on the Where Does It Come From podcast, which I will link to in the show notes for anyone who hasn't heard enough already from me. And this is a phrase that Joe used during that. And I think it's one that I'm pretty sure we can all resonate with, right? We all often have the very best of intentions, whether it's getting fitter, losing weight, saving money, or being a bit greener. We have all the good intentions, but they don't always translate into action, do they? There's often a gap or a mismatch between our intentions and our actions. It's important that I get that the right way round. We might watch the latest David Attenborough and be brimming over with motivation and determination to do our bit. But then we get up the next morning and life happens and nothing changes. Or we see a load of litter maybe at our local park and we tut loudly in true British style and vow to get a litter picker and come back to sort it out. But then you get home and the kids are hot and tired and don't want to go out again. And actually, now you mention it, you're pretty hot and tired as well and don't go out again, don't want to go out again. And the washing needs hanging out and no one's even thought about what's for tea. So nothing happens. Or maybe you see a post about World Refill Day, which is today, as I'm recording this, the 16th of June. And decide that, yes, you really will finally pluck up the courage to visit your local refill shop. But then you're just not sure how it all works or if it's okay to take your tatty Tupperware with you so you don't go. And please know, I hear you. 
I am there with you. I can procrastinate with the best of them and I have the attention span of a distracted gnat, meaning I often forget what five minutes ago I was so passionate about changing. And that's okay. And please rest assured that this isn't about turning every single good intention into instantaneous, effective and impactful action. It's just about narrowing that gap, making it easier for action to happen and giving ourselves the best chances of funneling some of our brilliant intentions into imperfect action. So how? How do we do this? And also, who the hell am I to give out advice on this when just two seconds ago I've admitted that I can also be a bit crap at doing this? (laughs) Well, like most things, and probably like most people, sometimes I'm crap at it and other times I'm okay. And most of the time, I'm just chipping away. I'm not an expert. I'm not perfect, but I get it. And I have made a reasonable number of, yep, still pretty imperfect, maybe some of them changes. But these are the things, some of the things that have helped me. So firstly, have a think about what your values are. Most, all, hopefully, of us, if asked, would say that they want a healthy planet for our kids and our grandkids. And so a really stark question to ask ourselves every time we're faced with a decision, every purchase we're making, is, is this decision or purchase or choice working towards that or against that? Now, I said it's a stark question and it has definitely has the potential to suck all the joy out of all the things because we live in a very consumer society. We're all time poor. We're all lacking in headspace and energy and we're all pretty knackered. So the expectation that we should ask ourselves this all the time and then use it as a big stick to beat ourselves up with when we inevitably fall short is not what I'm setting you up for here. When you can, on the days when maybe you might have a smidge more time and energy, can you make a different choice? Lots of people as well might be counting every penny and don't have the luxury of making different choices. But if you do have a little wiggle room in the budget, Could you swap out an item of your supermarket shop for an organic one or get milk in glass bottles once a week? Number two, think about your why and this will tap in a little bit to those values and use that as your motivation. So if you were all fired up after watching that David Attenborough, then as hard as it is, remember those pictures that made you well up. Tapping into our anxiety and our desire for a brighter future can actually be a really strong motivator to go that extra mile sometimes. Number three, one of my absolute favourites, go for the low-hanging fruit. Do the easy stuff first. The first step is pretty much always the hardest, so make it as easy as possible. And the momentum from that one change will help power the next and the next and the next. And speaking of next changes, number four is break your actions down into baby steps. Now, if my intention was to run a marathon and I told myself I needed to do it tomorrow, I wouldn't even get out of bed tomorrow morning because I would know there was absolutely no chance that I was setting myself up for failure. But if I told myself that the first step tomorrow was getting online and downloading a training program, I'm way more likely to take that action. I'm not actually going to do a marathon, I don't think. (laughs) Number five, be prepared for two steps forwards and one back. If you've decided that you're going on a fast fashion fast, so you're giving up fast fashion for however long, and then you get tempted by an online ad or a dress you see when you're window shopping in your lunch hour, don't sweat it. 
It's like the dietary equivalent of, you know, eating a couple of biscuits and then throwing in the towel with the diet. Remind yourself of your why, think about what the temptations were and how you might avoid them next time and then dust yourself off and try again. And then my last tip, because all top tips, we all know, have six top tips in them. Is that right? (laughs) Buddy up. We all know that we're far more likely to stick to a new exercise regime or a diet if we've got a friend doing it with us. We're also far more likely to try something new, like venturing out to that local refill shop for the first time if we've got some moral support. So find a friend maybe who's one step ahead of you or who you think might be up for making some changes and form a little accountability pair together. It's all about making it as easy as possible to make some different choices. Our brains resist change. They are hardwired to not change, to keep us safe, to keep us where we are, because it's scary when things change. And because let's face it, the more sustainable choice can often be less convenient. And our brains love a little bit of convenience and taking the path of least resistance. So do one thing, one step at a time and mind the gap. Do you see what I did there? Did you like that? So don't forget to let me know how you got on with this episode, whether that was helpful, whether you like these little solo episodes, or you wish I'd just shut up and go back to asking questions and drinking tea with guests. (laughs) It would be really helpful to know. So do, like I said at the beginning, drop me an email, jen at sustainableish.co.uk, or come and find me on social media. If you are enjoying the podcast, whether it's these solo episodes or the guest episodes, then uh, do share, do rate and review. It really does help us to get more ears on the podcast and hopefully some more people uh, turning those very good intentions into actions. So thank you so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Take care. Ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully, we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, Do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.